But I think we're seeing a lot more people now identify as queer because whether it's because of homophobia in the past, but the terms lesbian and gay can be very loaded. They can be very hard to grapple with because it doesn't describe accurately their experience. Like, I don't feel offended when someone says, mm. oh, you're gay or you're lesbian. Mm. That's yeah. what it looks like from yeah. the outside. Yeah. But to me, it's important to like assert that I feel queer because... I want people to understand that there are differences. It's a spectrum that you can, you know, float along it. Yeah, and there's more freedom in queer. Exactly. Around the world. Around the world. In 80 gays. In 80 gays. Around the world. Around the world. In 80 gays. In 80 gays. Heroes of our bygone days who fought for freedom and equality. Icons, anthems coming out. Pronouns, drag queens, struggles, life and love Around the world Around the world In 80 gays In 80 gays Around the world Around the world In 80 gays In 80 gays Woo! <laughs> Camp Welcome to Around the World in 80 Gays, a podcast hosted by me, entertainment powerhouse, <laughs> Catherine Lynch. And me, entertainment power hoes, uh, Brian Kennedy. <laughs> That's what you are, a ho. <laughs> Each week we talk about gay culture, gay inspirations and gay icons. Now this week we are joined by superstar podcaster Ooh. and general Wonder Woman, Cassie Delaney. Hello. Cassie is one third of the very popular Creep Dive podcast, one half of the Before Brunch podcast and the creator of the Outcast caster platform which aims to help creatives make some money honey <laughs> i need to lie down after that intro my god we have lots of questions you can imagine welcome to around the world in 80 gays thank you thanks for having me cassie oh. delaney that's a very unusual name where did your first name come from cassie? well it's cassandra but no one ever calls me cassandra unless i'm really in trouble cassandra, cassandra. In here. yeah so i my dad was a big only fools and horses fan and right. i believed that's why he called me cassandra for years and but then recently he said he actually named me after a bridge so a bridge. there's some film he where was watching some film he was watching around the time I was born called Cassandra's Bridge. I hope it wasn't the Bridges of Madison County because mm. you'd have to ask your mother you about that one. You sound way more like a hurricane to me. This week, <laughs> yeah, Hurricane yeah. Cassandra, Cassandra is yeah. hitting the shores of West Virginia. I take his name, A bridge is very, uh, very banal, really. Yeah. What do your mates call you? Everyone calls me Cassie. Yeah. Cassie's yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. It's like the lead, the lead role, isn't it? Oh, well, there's <laughs> yes, a lot of pressure like... behind it. Yeah, you know. Uh-huh. Well, we do have loads of questions. So for those who are not one of the thousands of subscribers to your Creep Dive podcast. Can you tell us what is it all about? Like, I am so... What does Creep Dive mean? So the Creep Dive is a podcast where we go deep on the weird stuff that happens kind of online or in the news. Sort of really strange stories from con artists to bad murders to (sighs) bad criminals. We're like a hybrid of true crime and comedy, which is a very insensitive genre to be in, but we (laughs) we try to do it well. Uh, So we just tell very, very strange stories. Uh, My two co-hosts, Jen and Sophie, are absolutely brilliant. So we've been doing the Creep Dive for for just over three years Mm now. Um, So there's hundreds of episodes out there. Stand out. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Catherine. That's what I was going to say. So we are wondering, Catherine and I, <laughs> a story that stands out. You just think, okay, I thought I'd heard it all until I heard this story. Well, yeah. Sophie told a story once about a grandmother who was on a Ouija board and believed that the spirits told her to go down and kill her son-in-law. So she was up in the attic on the Ouija board, hobbled down the <laughs> stairs, killed the son-in-law, ran out of the house. Wow. Oh yeah. my God. But she did right. <laughs> she... <laughs> 
She believes it's pending. She was told by the Ouija board. I mean, hello, they're powerful things. Great defense, really. So you spend a lot of your day like surfing the web, finding this stuff or people send it to you. People send us stuff. So and it's really, really strange because people will send me something in my DMs totally unsolicited saying, oh, this is something you'll love and you'll click in and it's a story about a mother eating her children and you're like, I do not love that. I do not love that. No. But imagine if somebody took your computer they think you were an absolute freak. (laughs) Absolute oddity. (laughs) Just so, so strange. I've often thought about that as a comedian. Like, I Google the weirdest of things Mm. as a comedian and it's like, oh my God, you are going to look like a pervert. (laughs) Yeah. So, so weird or like creepy or like I'm trying to plan a murder. Yeah. Right. Really badly. Because you need to do your research. Yeah. Yeah. That's hysterical. (laughs) That is hysterical. In your uh, Twitter bio, you have a uh, passionate about helping independent media thrive. So, yeah, that's a so big help one. us. So <laughs> yeah. help us, Cassie, is what yeah. we're saying. We need your help. Well, yeah, I've been working in the media for a really long time now um, and with a focus on podcasting. And I think that uh, there's a lot of brilliant creators out there who are doing incredible work that aren't getting either recognized or aren't earning a living from it because yeah. they're not in that kind of top one percent that's getting the advertising deals. Yeah. So last year, actually, during COVID, when we noticed that there was a real decline in advertising spend going on mm. podcasts and stuff like that. Myself, my co-founder, Megan Casty, and another co-founder, Niall Cusack, came on. And we've built a platform that enables people to sell content like you would a product in a shop. Yeah. So you can put up your podcast, set a price at five euro for the season and allow people to download it. Oh, and Esther. It's, it's so absolutely give us an free. example of that. What does that mean? I mean, I understand the words you mm-hmm. just said, but like an example of that would be what in years? So Please. say, Brian, if you want to release an album, you yeah. could stick it up on Outcaster. It's right? called Folky. It's out right now. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> you can sell that now for like a once off digital download. So once off subscription of, yeah. or once off payment, say of 20 Can you have euro. it with iTunes as well? So it's already on iTunes you, you can put it out on other platforms yeah, as well if you want well to as. but we're trying to bring people over to this kind of new system where it's where we're, we're you're shopping again in again a way. shopping yeah. back when you used to walk into HMV yeah. and buy sure. an album or into a shop and yeah. buy a oh, magazine the good old days, or you know are coming back online because like I mean you've uh, Depop and all those type yeah, of things you yeah. know that kind of you're going makes you second feel like hand. you're more in control of what's happening exactly and it makes it, it, it enables you to sort of be able to predict your income it's based on this whole idea that in order to succeed as a creator you don't need millions and millions of listeners you yeah. need you know a thousand loyal fans yeah. who are so willing to pay you so quality rather than quantity exactly really. who are willing to pay you for the content so Catherine your wigs that you have at home yeah quality imagine, quality. quality. imagine what you'd get for each one of them <laughs> I mean 10 euros a wig you well, could I'll... retire next week <laughs> <laughs> oh I don't think I know so there's things living in those wigs <laughs> But uh, yeah, sing a Bernie Walters wig now. That'd be yeah. Good um, I think I might bid for that myself. <laughs> you can have it. Actually, you've more hair than she has anyway. Oh Jesus! <laughs> no, no, sorry, Cassie. Back no, to you. Sorry. Back to you, Cassie. Uh, now we've gotten your CV out of the way, your curriculum vitae. Um, can we switch gears and please tell us about your coming out story? Yeah. Well, mine isn't really that exciting. Um, I we'll mean, be the judge of that, won't okay, we, Catherine? So no, you. I'm not judging. <laughs> my uh, my coming out story is, is slightly unusual in that like I didn't actually come out till I was in my early 20s and I didn't grow up believing that I was gay or queer or anything mm. like that. My older brother is gay and he came out when I was 17, 18. Uh-huh. And I always thought that I felt a great deal of empathy towards him. I always believed in, you know, equal rights for everybody. I thought people should be free to love who they love, etc. Where did you get that concept from? I mean, I think seeing how my... Where bro- did you grow up, first of all? Uh, I grew up in Knockline, so oh, yeah. uh, kind of Dublin Southwest. Yes. Um, grew up in, in a mixed school, mixed primary school, mixed secondary school. Yeah. A lot of my friends, by coincidence, a lot of my male friends are gay. Yeah. Uh, my brother was gay and then 
I have a gay uncle, I have a gay aunt, and I have about five gay cousins. Sounds like a perfect it, life to me. I know, oh it sounds God. great. It's funny, like. Yeah. Um, so I always felt, I seeing how I suppose my brother was treated, and also growing up with a gay uncle and a gay aunt, and knowing like that they were just the same as everyone else, it just never occurred to me that people should be treated any differently mm. because of you know their sexuality. Sure. So I um I just always grew up believing that, and then when I was in kind of college and stuff, realized that you know I did ha- I, I was attracted to people of the same sex. Mm. You know I was I identify as queer, so I'm attracted. Did to you kind have of crushes all... on boys too? Like was it? A oh yeah, and I time? had a lot of boyfriends, yeah. and uh, you know I I had really good relationships. Then yeah. when I was in college, I just fell in love with a friend of mine, and we've been together for yeah. nearly eight years. Oh like, wow! Yeah, Wonderful. you know um just educate me here a bit. You know when you say I identify as a yeah. queer person yeah. um, you don't identify then as a lesbian no no um, what is the difference for me I don't understand so like, I think queer is like an umbrella terminology that yeah. describes anything that is outside the binary of like heteronormativity so right. anything that is a, is a an attraction to purely the opposite sex, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So for me, queerness means that I'm attracted to people of all genders, that yeah. it doesn't really matter to me yeah. what someone is, how someone is born or what uh-huh. someone else identifies as. I'm just open to anything. Yeah. And I, the reason I don't use the term lesbian is despite being in like the longest term relationship <laughs> of all time, yeah. I just, I don't feel like that accurately describes my attraction to other people around me. Like I, would, I wouldn't close myself off to a relationship. Do you think it's too old fashioned, that term? Like, do you think... when? I, when I certainly was struggling with my own identity, mm-hmm. I really couldn't get my uh, arms around the word gay for yeah. ages because it. by the time I got to that word, it had been so badly abused and that's so badly it, yeah. misinterpreted that I thought, well, God, geez, that, that's not who I am. But actually, that was only my own inner homophobia, really, I would say. No, after all the therapy yeah. I did. Yeah. Well, um, do you, did you have inner homophobia? Com- I think Come I still do a bit now. Of course. Yeah, I think it's do. a process to really work, work I don't on think So you nearly have to check yourself as such. All yeah, the time. All the time. But I don't think you can grow up in Ireland as anyone who's identified as queer or gay or bisexual or anything Mm. and not have that internalised homophobia. Absolutely. It's not like internalised homophobia makes it sound, you know, like some big issue. It's internalised shame is what it is because we all grew up with the Catholic Church around us. Even if we didn't believe in the Catholic Church, we grew up with the teachings and we knew the stuff that other people were saying. And you had like sort of these, uh, you know, when you look at the kind of media that we had in the 90s, even the stuff that was really popular, like Friends, that's yeah. all littered with very casual homophobic yeah. references yeah. and things like that. So you you take all record, that on. I don't like Friends. I never did. I don't either. I, I don't either. Privileged white people. In I live Esther in Manhattan. Yeah. Manhattan's not like that. <laughs> Just for the record, I'm not a Friends fan. But anyway. Yeah, yes, I think right. it's totally the lesbian overrated. Were, the lesbians were always kind of, you know, slightly crazy and there was something wrong with exactly, them and all of that. Exactly, yeah. But even in any, in any media you got in the 90s and even into the early noughties, anyone whose storyline was about being gay was always associated with the trauma of being gay. It was yes. this big coming out thing. It was this yeah. big announcement. They yeah. were the side character. Because I was, guess that was, the, that was what it was like at the time. Because yes, it was but, a massive reach. But it was also a lot of straight people writing storylines yeah, for gay people for and sure. queer people. So they yeah. didn't really understand the nuance of yeah. the experience. And then along comes Sex and the City and it's uh, gay men writing for women. And that's why we loved it. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. they kind of got where our little isolations I were. I thought you were going to say the opposite. They, no. You know, how, how dare no, gay no, men I write for women. I mean, what would they know what it's like to be a woman in the same oh, breath? I, I think you they would say, kind of... 
Yeah. They know the struggles of a woman. I loved Sex and the City as well. I loved Sex and the City. It was liberating. Mm. And it was written by gay men for women, yeah. you know, and acted. Like, I mean, some of the characters there we had never seen before in exactly. our lives as women. Yeah. We'd never seen a Samantha. Samantha who went out and had yeah. sex whenever she felt like it. Yeah, That's putting right. female pleasure yeah. at the forefront was yes. just unheard of. Unheard That's of. Right. Like, Incredible, yeah. yeah. Well, now, I'm sure the wine businesses are delighted with them because we all actually became wineaholics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cosmoholics. Cosmoholics, yeah. 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 But oh, yeah, that's fascinating. They did, mm. it did. It, it was great. It was like really good for gender yeah. kind of equality, I think. That was a good, um, I really liked how you described the difference between being queer and being yeah. identifying as lesbian. That's very clear. Yeah. That was very queer clear, can I just say to you right there. <laughs> Thanks very much. But I think we're seeing a lot more people now identify as queer because like yeah. that, the term, like whether it's because of homophobia in the past, but the terms lesbian and gay can be very loaded. They can be very hard to grapple with, like you were saying there. But I think for a lot of people, it's hard to grapple with because it doesn't describe accurately their experience. Like, I don't feel offended when someone says, mm. oh, you're gay or you're lesbian. Mm. That's yeah. what it looks like from yeah. the outside. Yeah. But to me, it's important to like assert that I feel queer because I want people to understand that there are differences. That it's a spectrum that you can, you know, Float along it, yeah, and there's more freedom in queer, isn't there? Because like you can wake up in the morning. I I identify as a straight woman now, or a cis woman, or whatever that, whatever my terminology is now. Every day is a working day. Every day is a school day. But um. I could change my mind at some stage. Mm. Or you know what something, I mean? so yeah, you can grow into different things or you might meet some in life that you're attracted to that is the same sex or identifies as a different God gender it, or I something. Doubt it, but I'm so boring. Do you know what I mean? You but never anyway, know. We'll never know. Well, you know what's in your... I mean, it is like inheriting, you know what, when you were... Certainly when we were younger, the clothes got passed down. So by the time mm-hmm. you're in the middle or something and you got your big brother's clothes, they, they fit but they don't fit. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I feel about gay and lesbian. And all that. Those terms, of course they fit but they don't fit in the, exactly. in the same yeah, breath. Exactly, you know? Like it's a good question question for you Brian like do you call yourself a gay man would you say or you just call yourself Brian or uh, well exactly I'd go with Brian first yeah. of course but and, and not gay Brian not, not yeah, gay Brian it depends who you talk to of course. not gay Brian with the long lovely hair <laughs> that's right I, I mean it, for me it's it's really been an involvement in terms of coming as you say the really important word there is shame so yeah. certainly you come from a place of such deep shame that you think oh god I can't even find the language for it yet yeah. but certainly as I've gotten more comfortable yeah. I've gotten older well even in the time I know you yeah. you're far more comfortable I think so being gay like like he didn't so. even like camp stuff. Sure, you didn't. Well, no, like it's it. not that I don't like camp stuff. I, I don't think that's correct, but I do think there's what you're hopefully saying is yeah. that there was a wee bit of internal homophobia there in, yeah. in the sense that, and, and essentially, I think uh, when you don't like something that's feminine or or homo, you know, in, in, in that sense, yeah. I think really that's misogyny. Comes yeah. right back to misogyny. If something is like for the longest so you're time, you're a homophobic school, and a misogynist. Imagine, um, I know. Um, well, I'm a Libra, and I like to keep the scales balanced. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I mean, certainly at school, the worst thing you could be called at a boy's school is a girl. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the misogyny That's a good point. That, yeah. You know, so certainly I had to struggle and work out all of that stuff. But certainly what is clear to me is I really adore women. Mm-hmm. My, a lot of the closest friends in my entire life are, are mostly women. And that's the women that the people that really shaped me as a man now are actually women, really. Yeah. And yeah. the lack of men in my life actually was was also a, you know, it's, we call it, you know, the absence is like a presence. You yeah. know, when somebody's absent, it's actually a bigger presence, you know, yeah. I think. So certainly I would think for me, it's a learning curve. And the more people I meet like you, Cassie, Cassandra, um, you know, the more I get a, a really interesting understanding of how language is so important. Yeah. And I think because when you look at, say, the term queer, and you break that down and what that means and say, distill it down to its most basic form. Yeah. It's to say anyone who feels like the heteronormative life of, you know, 
same or you know sorry marrying someone of the opposite sex yeah. settling down and having a family and anyone who feels like they don't identify with that or that's not what they want yeah. can use that queer umbrella and yeah. say that they're exploring and there's a real beauty then when you take on that identity and mm. say well I get to sit down now and actually figure out what type of life is going to work for me do yeah. I want to get married can I get married can I travel to these places what does it look do like do you when want you... to have children do you exactly. not want to have children all of those or things. when I do mm. have children that that's going to be something that has to be a dis- like a real process and a decision and those kids are going to know how wanted they were yeah. and it's beautiful to be able to sit down and really especially when for me it was in my early 20s to really figure out what way I wanted my life to mm. to look and, and mm. to go like and to be, feel like I was in control of every decision when it came to my personal life instead of going along you know with what's expected all the time. I mean I'm struck by time. what you said earlier about that you just had a gay auntie and a gay uncle and that was just normal that in was your it. house. Yeah. So therefore when you came to that subject it wasn't there was no trauma there really it was like well, oh okay. No um, there, I mean there's there's elements of surprise and I think I was blessed that within my own family and with my own friends like no one batted an eyelid like I had mm-hmm. a couple of conversations with my mom and my dad but like I never felt like any sense of rejection it was mm. always embraced you know they're so loving towards my partner mm. like we were just one yeah. we were all we were all away at ABBA there a couple of weeks ago oh, and oh, it's I'm just so gorgeous like, oh, was it? oh it's it's absolutely it's brilliant I yeah. was wearing my ABBA Voyage t-shirt but I actually had to take it off because I've worn it every day since I was like I can't go into a small room with people wearing that t-shirt I've been wearing every day that is amazing so it's fantastic but like you do, the, the coming out experience well I had it really well within my family and was really well received and now honest to God every time a cousin comes out it's just like an eye roll and like yeah. there's on there's more gay cousins than there are straight ones really yeah that is on one side of the like family a queer wildfire in yeah. your yeah, yeah. Well, so, wonder, something going anyone, on my granny uh, like isn't it amazing that is yeah. such a study isn't it really yeah. that there's that many in a there's family there's loads there's yeah. loads of us and even in my friend group and you know in Knock Line there was loads of us as well so yeah. just just by but I think you gravitate towards people and who you're young right. Cassie so yeah. I suppose yeah. like uh, it's it's so much easier to come out nowadays you know and I think now yeah I think so I'm sure there are people out there that might be you know saying it was not easy for me but if societally but I suppose you do still have those moments like every single day you come out you know like you meet someone new or like you're going for a job or you're going to like rent somewhere or you know you meet someone and you you say my partner and they assume like most often more often than not people just assume that I'm straight because I identify as a cis woman so I'm like a quite feminine yeah. love makeup that love my curly hair right. is gorgeous listeners yeah. yeah can we point out the, who did your hair again so my fabulous hairdresser Marco Diaz is the most magnificent Marco queer, Diaz yeah most Marco Diaz. magnificent queer person you'll ever meet he's the first life. cousin of Bartholomew Diaz okay <laughs> they're not Cameron. absolutely fabulous not Cameron Diaz no not Cameron oh, alright okay <laughs> but um so yeah who is your gay icon yeah after um, all the, your queer icon my queer well my queer and gay icon I think for me my icons are like Marsha P. Johnson, yeah. Harvey 100%. Milk, like yeah. here it's, you know, uh, Catherine Zapone, you know, Rory O'Neill, anyone I who went out. Did you? You said, yeah. didn't you? I interviewed Catherine years ago and um, it was just stunning. I interviewed Catherine and Anne and it was beautiful to hear their story from the moment they met up until what they did. But like the people who went out of their way and put themselves in real danger yeah. to yeah. be able to well, assert for the rights. the person in most danger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. the Stonewall riots and it was just reshaped the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it takes yeah. such courage to put yourself out yeah. there in front of, you know, to have that visibility to go out and say, 
this is enough. who I am and, yeah. and you're going to hate me because of this yeah. but I'm, I'm going to fight for it. And I could maybe lose my life because of this. Yeah, and this yeah. is not for me, this is for all the people who look like me yeah. who are coming down the line. Yeah. You know, that's exactly. that's real strength and real courage and I know we have those wider, um, those global examples but I think here it's really important to acknowledge the work that Catherine and Anne and Rory and David Norris, David Norris. put in yeah, at the exactly. start of the... Neil McCafferty of course. And of David yeah. Norris I think like one of the greatest um, activists that we've yeah. ever seen in, in, in the world. Yeah, like so he yeah. really put yeah. himself yeah. on the line as well. Yeah. And yeah. At a time when it was really unsafe really to do unsafe. so. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, I, I really love David. A big We do. And David. it was just shocking to us. I mean, maybe tell us your feelings about it. Like 1993 was decriminalization yeah. only. Yeah. 1993. So I was, I was come up four. for 30 years. It's yeah. wild. You were four. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. it's yeah. 40 years since uh, Declan Flynn yeah, that's yeah. Right. was murdered. So that's all so recent, yeah. you know. I mean, the strides we went through between 1993 and 2015, 2014, 2015? 15. 15 for the marriage equality referendum are incredible. But that period of time still has, like there's hangovers for, oh, for members is. of the queer community and members of the LGBT. traumatic yes. stress disorder. Completely. Like, and then we've yeah. had other age groups come in here and tell their stories and they're really sad in some ways yeah. because they didn't get a chance to be queer yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. they were the gay fella at work yeah. or the camp fella I the often road, think the, that yeah. the manhole merchant or the light in the loafers all these yeah. horrible yeah. words yeah. That, that were called yeah I often yeah. think about my aunt um, my gay aunt was from Clare Castle and she left when she was 18 and she moved to the UK so she did have a life over there where she was open within her friends but yeah. when she came back to Clare it was still very hush hush and not yeah. spoken about and I think you know what the world would have been like if she grew up, if she was in her 20s now, yeah. she would just have had a totally different Do you experience. talk to her about that, about your experience versus hers? Um, yeah, I've, I've talked to her about it a lot. Like, and I've asked, like, you know, I've asked her why she never came out to my Nana, which I think was really sad because obviously myself, my older brother did and she hadn't got yeah. a problem. So she she talks about her regret around that. But mm. like the fear was just so embedded in them that they... They of didn't course, have those and she loved her her mother probably so much. Yeah, she didn't absolutely. want anything to change. Yeah, you know. So. And there's the assumptions you make about the older generation as well. Like my nana went to mass every day, but yeah. like she was so loving towards us and yes, accepted yes. everything. It's true. So. Some of the best reactions I ever got was from much older people. I know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the marriage referendum showed us that. I remember going around to houses yeah. and the just the the way people well, they got greeted it. it. Yeah, women of a certain generation got it. Yeah, because they'd been under the thumb and under the heel for so long. Yeah. And I think that that's what happened in terms of my experience of speaking mm -hmm. to women. They really got it first. They're like, yeah. we know what it's like to be, the, you know, that kind of... To be the outsider. To totally be yeah. the, not un held under the thumb by the Catholic Church and yeah. people telling us what to do with our wombs and all of that business. So, yeah, go to, if you want proper fucking education about stuff, ask a woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank yeah. you very much, I Brian. would that's say nice. in my experience. What a absolutely. feminist. Now, all that misogyny has gone uh, out the window. <laughs> out the window, thank God, exactly. <laughs> but, um, so, right, let, I love this one, the gay anthem. Yeah, uh, you're right. Like, you're Anthem. Now you see, I have you're up with your partner. The sweat is yeah. up. You've had a few delicious drinks, and suddenly the DJ puts on the next record. Well, what is it? Okay, it's either going. To, it's a Diana Ross. I'm coming out. I'm oh, sure everyone I'm has. Everyone has given that. Or Tina Turner, Proud Mary, just because oh, it's like Mary. everyone lets go and really you know dances. You know what? Tina Turner. Did it's you? not about me. This interview. Oh wow! Ladies and gentlemen, you, oh, come on. I haven't done a clanger for a while. You have to tell us. You toured with Tina Turner. Open for Tina Turner here Did in Ireland you? and in England. Yeah, her wildest dreams. 1997 oh my yeah. goodness you must have been what two and a half three uh, yeah toddler on the stage wow. uh, no I was not I was in as some might say the prime of my life um, 
what, what how old was I? Late twenties. Yeah. Better man, that whole record period. You're too young. Um, but yeah, oh, I got. To and open did you get to meet her? Oh yeah, I had the most hilarious kind of iconic moment where yeah. the tour was going on and we still hadn't met her, still hadn't met her, but we watched her every night. Yeah. And then suddenly the message came through. Um, Brian, Tina would like to meet you. Oh. I'm like, oh okay. So we stood me and do you remember that band Toto? Yeah. As well, Africa. Yeah, Africa. Yeah, yeah, so me and Toto queued up in a line. Yeah. Um, and there we were, and, t- and a limousine comes along, window goes down, and there's Tina. You know, oh, the fabulous yeah, blondy yeah. curly hair and all that and the sparkly dress. And so Toto go up and meet her. And finally I get to the window because she doesn't get out of the car or anything. And I'm like, Tina, can I just say thank you for having me on the show? She goes, oh, sure, honey. You know, and she said, oh, you look, oh, you look great. Oh, your hair. She m- remarked about my hair yeah. even then, all of that. And then she literally, window went up and then it went about another 10 feet. Yeah. And then the other side of the door opened. She stepped onto the steps and went down into the onto the stage so oh. her feet never hit the ground once. really because oh. it was kind of grassy where yeah, yeah. what a diva what, but she was <laughs> I, I watched that. her every single night she was out of this world yeah vocalist dancer she's funny. incredible the song after song. So Proud Mary comes on, I'm not surprised. Yeah. You're like, all right, here we go. I'm going to about to lose my shit. Now, here we go. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and and my sister does a Tina Turner dance when it comes oh, does on. She? Oh, it's we mortifying. all do it. Yeah. No, it's, <laughs> you have to let go and do it. I yeah. think the kind of when you look at the 80s acts like Mariah, Whitney, yeah. um, Tina, anyone who cultivated a really queer following around yeah. them, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, like Madonna with the ballroom culture and stuff in New York. It's brilliant. But Madonna so, was like, Lady Gaga is just like a karaoke version of Madonna when it comes yeah. to political um, forward I know thinking. you said that before. I thought yeah. that was interesting. It is. Like, I mean, I love Lady Gaga now and sure. she's really, really positive for, you know, um, for the new generation. And for the trans community, first, absolutely. You know, yeah. Well, yeah. Madonna was just like, I mean, she is... Here's what I don't like about that. Can yeah. I just put this out there? Here yeah. I am surrounded by three women. Yeah. Why... Do you think that it has to just be one woman doing something? Why can't Gaga and Madonna coexist, both of them? And so they're not arch rivals. They're not, you know, yeah. I hate the oh, way that the media not. No, no, I think no. it's just that, that Lady Gaga continued on the work of yeah, Madonna. I think but so. Madonna, yeah. Ma- Madonna was a real true radical. You no know, question about did. it. First person to uh, her and Lady Diana, you know, embracing people with AIDS and HIV yeah. and doing that publicly on camera. But I get it. But bringing song out like a virgin. Yeah. Like that yeah. was just like, she was the greatest feminist, even though at the time feminists were saying, she's like a shame on her, you know. But was yeah. that not about the airline? She she was, what, which? Virgin airline? No. Virgin. What's about that? Oh my God, he's so bad at jokes. I know. <laughs> I'm sitting opposite Catherine Lynch trying to tell a joke. I mean, am I wise? Oh, yeah, I'm only joking, Brian. That was a really good one. <laughs> Thanks very much. Well she, done, listen, Brian. that'll be interacting in about two weeks. What do you see? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, no, Madonna for me is one of the greatest liberators. Like, mm. she's up there with Che Guevara. <laughs> uh, you're a relative, right? Yeah. Okay, so Cassie, during Pride Week, you tweeted, and hopefully this is, you know, correct if it's okay. not right. I rarely speak too publicly about being part of the LGBT community because I get anxious thinking about who is following me and how it might affect my career but given the rise in violence against us I feel it's important to say that big companies influence the zeitgeist please stop with the flags cupcakes and tokenism and instead put your budget into something that will help us feel safer on the streets maybe less anxious on Twitter yeah here here, by the way yeah that was that was really interesting so pride this year was particularly difficult I think for a lot of people because there was this rise in homophobic attacks around Dublin at the time and PJ Kirby from I'm Grandma podcast Mm. was trying to raise funds for LGBT Ireland to hire a new support worker and given that it was Pride Week, I was like, that'll go up now and that'll get the 30 grand of funding like that. And I was watching it all week and it wasn't. Like there was 12 euro going in, there was 20 Seriously, euros going yeah. in, there was 50 euro going in. And it was from all my peers. And I was like, why are we the ones who constantly have to put our hands in our pockets mm. 
to try and make us feel safer on the streets when you have you're driving around town and you've got like the big financial services companies you've got the large Facebook, far, you've, got you've got the everything. huge international Listen, firms the rainbow flags were burning the eyes out Everywhere. of me from everybody I was and like, they've oh got God. floats <laughs> going down the street and to them a thousand euro in the pot would be nothing do you know yeah. um, and even PJ and, and PJ and his co-host were doing a a talk that I was at and they put their fee into the fundraiser and I was like they shouldn't have to do that it yeah. should be coming from other people um, so it's it just got to the point where I was kind of really aggravated with the the performative display of support without any actual support for yes. people well um, yeah I yeah. know what you mean it's everywhere it's like it's uh, that is the bandwagon you know? yeah. and that is yeah. the hopping on the bandwagon and that's not putting your money where your mouth is you know yeah. that's something to think about I mean if really, I, I, what I love about that tweet is just how well articulated it is that's you don't right. come across like you're being angry and bitchy and you know bitter you're yeah. just basically saying look this is how it is you know it is and it was it's a very poignant there was a lot of upset I think that week with people like we didn't go out and really celebrate pride um this year because no. and a lot of my friends didn't either because yeah. there was this sign well, of you had Sligo happened and you had yeah all that. yeah and on, you know? hand on heart i was a wee bit covid afraid as well yeah, i had yeah. covid and i knew people who'd had it twice and three times and i've had a few medical other things going on so honestly part of me was thinking i would love to be part of it but i'm a yeah. wee bit still reticent about yeah. going out in such numbers because i but, knew um, it was yeah. really clearly but and it's kind of the thing when you're like you're in the community you're like yeah. i don't want to necessarily walk down the road and and see rainbows everywhere like it's nice to see yeah. and it's nice support but i want to be able to walk down the road and feel safe yeah like i'm very privileged that no one i think no one has ever said anything to me walking down the road like yeah. no one has i've never been the victim of a homophobic slur but I think that's because I completely pass as a straight person yes, so yes. that's why but I want to know that my queer friends when I'm walking with them feel safe yes. and yeah but as a woman as well like you like yeah. we've had Ashley Murphy happen oh, yeah. as well which yeah. scared absolutely the life out of me mm. and I went on a walk down the docks every day well yeah you were and a I just big walker, kind of that's right clicked in there a couple of months ago I don't go on my walk anymore why yeah. is that yeah. and subconsciously I don't feel safe on my, my walk neighbour yeah. said the same thing a lovely yeah. st- a Spanish lady said to me I just can't go running on the canal anymore I just don't feel safe Yeah, because yeah. people I were goading her and shouting at her and gangs of boys were shouting at her and I was thinking that's around the corner from you know from her house where she yeah. her, she should feel the safest possible in her own environment I mean it's extraordinary it is it's a, mm. well, it is quite a dangerous city um, I've started to become a little feel a little safer recently because yeah. it's kind of alive again and there's yeah. more people on the doors and there's Do you think people you know, that are just feeling so disenfranchised they're ripped off beyond belief the rent is through the roof Oh my you know, god all yeah. of that stuff people are just panic stations what the fuck do we do now yeah. in a city like Dublin Yeah I definitely feel like there's even like beyond the community and stuff just as a mm. young person in Dublin I feel like people are being squeezed out Yeah, like it is just That's what everybody's saying yeah. so there has well, to be truth right, to it Well you're right Brian but, and you just said community but you can't have a community exactly, without having yeah. the hub in the city yeah. like when I came to Dublin first it was easy to share and you had rent well, and nobody you went had to any clubs. money when I first came to yeah. Dublin the big deal was having a coffee in Bewley's yeah. that, that was height of your oh, week well, that it's the, the disparity between people <laughs> who do have money and don't have money now is growing and I think yeah. that's the problem yeah. that it's just but it's it's post-Covid it's like yes. potentially pre-recession tech yes. markets crumbling it's just it is difficult for young people yeah. and I crazy think that, rents uh, are uh, the gay community um, still needs these hubs to go to Absolutely, and yeah. still needs like you have belong to which is in town but 
you know, like Belong To does its best. Uh, they yeah. they should have a night, a, a club night, yeah. and they can't really because there isn't enough people to 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 come in to yeah. the different club nights that would actually fund all the great uh, yeah. jobs that are being yeah. done. So, Cassie, I want to ask you in your experience: Do you think has Irish media become better at including LGBTQ plus voices or not? What's your um, yeah, I mean, it can still be a little tokenistic, I think, that yeah. like you'll see around certain times of year, you'll get rolled out and asked to write something yeah. um, as a queer person or as, you yeah. know, be the, the queer commentator. And certainly in my early days and when I first sort of was working in media and was out, I was definitely rolled out as the queer voice yeah. to, to do stuff. But I think in general, we are seeing a vast improvement. I mean, there's still strides to be done. There's still there's still improvements that have to be made for women's voices to be heard yeah. in the Irish media, not to mention LGBT voices. Yeah. Um, but I think we are getting better. You know, things are improving slightly. Uh, that's the feeling I get too. But again, yeah. you know, it, it's hard to know because you can't be all things to all people all yeah. the time. So it's good to hear that you think that way. That's great. I'm, I'm delighted by that so Cassie uh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received we ask this all the time oh. on the podcast oh god um, the best piece of advice I've ever received okay is to make every so when you have to make a decision it's to stop and think am I doing the best thing for me and those around me Yeah. and if you can do that you will never have regrets because you can always look back on everything you've done in life and yeah. say, I did what I thought was best at the time yes. for me and those around me. And that's the only way to kind of to well, pass through. Yeah. And that's I very community-based as well. Yeah. Well, it's with a heavy heart we hereby <laughs> announce that this podcast has ended, Cassie. I don't want it to end. I know, and your hair is still looking gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> we would put another 50p in the meter, but we just don't have one, sadly. We've <laughs> run out of time. Cassie, you're being a brilliant guest. Thank, Thank you so you very much. much. And this, like you were saying earlier, this will go out. People listening to this will hear your voice and then therefore we are contributing to louder queer voices in the media exactly. ourselves no more than your podcast tell us your podcast again um so i'm on the creep dive with jen yeah. o'dwyer and sophie white and i also present before brunch with megan cassidy well and wherever you listen to your podcast there that's where you will get it they from. There. our guest today has been the gorgeous cassie thank you so much for coming on thank you and enlightening us as ever of course Catherine. Uh, this week's quote of the week is from the legend freddie mercury who said the reason we're successful darling <laughs> My overall charisma, of course. Oh, well, same, Freddie, darling, same, of course. <laughs> now, don't forget that there are plenty of other episodes of the podcast to listen to. So that's if you're new to this podcast parish. Mm, I like that podcast parish. That's a new <laughs> thing. Past guests in the parish, of course, have included Alan Hughes, <laughs> Carl Broderick, Rory Cowan and Anna Nolan, to name but a few. So don't be shy. Dive on in. Oh, well, that's enough from us. We'll see you again next week for another episode of Around, Around the, the World, World in 80 Games. Games. I like the plug somebody. <laughs> <laughs>